Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Great to have you with me. I want to dive into something that's going to be dark and disturbing for most of you who live in America. Welcome to all of you who are from around the world. Welcome all of you who are uh, not Christians as I am. I welcome you all the time. I love all my variety of listeners. Today, though, I'm going to disturb probably a certain stripe of Americans because I want to talk about the dark side of of American influence in the world. Now, most of you who are Americans think about America uh, in very noble terms. You think about it in John Wayne kind of terms. You know that uh, we have been an influence in the world for good for the most part. You think about things like the Marshall Plan and liberating Europe and supporting our our allies in World War One, and, uh, you know, fighting communism around the world and the amount of foreign aid that you give, et cetera, et cetera. I'm sorry, that America gives, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you think of America as a force for good in the world. And I want you to understand that I share that. I've shared many times on this podcast that I grew up as a military brat and I lived in Berlin, Germany during the Cold War because my father was serving with the U.S. Army. Uh, why? To keep a people free, to hold the evils of communism in check. I stood there at the wall. I stood there at Checkpoint Charlie in Berlin, looked over into East Berlin, saw the darkness, saw the devastation. I've shared before that I stayed, uh, spent the night with some German friends, would hear gunfire in the night at certain parts of the of the wall people people from the east trying to cross uh, the no man's land into freedom that shapes you when you're 14 or 15 years old and so i understand the good side of american influence in the world i've seen it over and over and remember i work with the kurds and and there's been very good impact from america amongst the kurds and there's also been great devastation and betrayal so I get that positive side and I'm grateful for it and I encourage it where I can and I am not a person who hates this country. However, there is another side of American influence in the world and we all need to know it because it's coming into play with situations like Afghanistan, like our exit from Kabul. It's coming into play in our work in the Middle East because there is also an aspect of American influence in the world that is, and here's the word I'm going to use uh, because I, I, I'm a Christian, I believe in morality, uh, that influence is just immoral. And so let me give you some examples of what I'm talking about. Uh, because of some of the forces that have been unleashed in American society, because of some of the sexual preference issues that have become priorities, because of uh, America, American officialdom's radical commitment to abortion, uh, because of a number of things, the way that liberty is perceived, the way it's defined, when American troops, when American government goes into the world and starts shaping certain cultures and having influence and working deals, it's often not about the noble American values that most of us are thinking about. It's often about matters that many of us, especially those of you who hear me on this podcast, think of as immorality. Well, let me give you an example. And this is, I'm sure I'm going to offend some folks uh, in what I'm about to say. In Kabul, 
prior to the uh, more intense part of the American exit that we've all heard about and been disgusted about, the American embassy was flying the rainbow flag. Okay? Now, just for a moment, pretend that it doesn't matter what you and I believe about LGBTQ issues. Okay? I, I, I don't, that's not what we're discussing at the moment. The fact is that the American embassy in Kabul is in Afghanistan, which is a Muslim nation. And so in the middle of an Islamic society, a society, by the way, as Islam is radically opposed to homosexuality, radically opposed to LGBTQ issues. Okay, radically opposed. I'm sure it exists in their countries, but it's it's underground. We can discuss some other time whether that's right or not. We're talking about another country, not this country. Okay? So in a country that is permeated entirely by a religion opposed to gay issues, I'm going to just say that broadly, even though I realize there's a whole lot of varieties in that statement, LGBTQ, etc. The U.S. Embassy was flying a rainbow flag. So there we were promoting something diametrically opposed to their religion. Now, when you hear that people in the Muslim world call the United States the great Satan, many of you think about that in kind of Christian terms, because that's the view of Satan that has dominated our society, that it's sort of the Antichrist or the kingdom of darkness or a a horned figure coming out of Dante or what have you. But in Islam, Satan is more of a deceiver. He's more of a seducer. He's more of a tempter. And so many times when when people in in the Muslim world call America the great Satan, they're talking about some of the forces that we unleash in the world that they're referring to as tempting, as seducing, as seductive. And so there we are on our embassy, not flying the American, we were flying the American flag, but with it, we were flying the rainbow flag. Why? Why do that? Why do that? Creates huge issues in the, in the Muslim world, as we should know. By the way, one of the subtexts of the Benghazi disaster, where we had a number of people and our ambassador killed in Benghazi, Lib- Libya, uh, as all of you know, and of course, the right in America continues to accuse uh, Hillary Clinton uh, for, for malpractice and, and misconduct in that entire process. One of the subtexts there is that there was a rumor, it was only a rumor, that the ambassador was gay. Christopher Stevens was gay. And he, he, now he had been engaged to a woman. That's all I know. I didn't know the man. I can't speak to this firsthand. But there was a rumor going about that he was gay. And so this was part of the fuel of animosity against him. And it is why, and this is hard to have to talk about, um, when the crowds, when the angry crowds got a hold of his body, he was sodomized, um, his penis was removed. I mean, horrible things happened to his body. Um, But this is what was done by a crowd that we now know believed him to be gay. It likely wasn't true. And I'm certainly not saying that had he been gay, this was justified. Of course not. I'm saying we're talking about the Muslim world, not Stephen Mansfield sitting in his office right now in Washington, D.C. We're talking about the Muslim world. Why would we fly a rainbow flag in 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 a very much almost uh, just hyper-conservative, hyper-fundamentalist Muslim society. Why would we do it? 
Well, let me tell you about another episode that I'm aware of. Uh, I worked in a certain country. I'm not going to say which one it was for some reasons I won't go into. Um, And I was talking with people in country about what happened when American troops arrived there and American uh, diplomats began to have influence. Well, almost immediately, you began to have, with the American troops, porn. And it was, it was profuse. It was, and the American diplomats encouraged it under the guise of free, free press. In other words, the troops brought it. And when the locals complained, the, uh, the diplomats defended it as being a, a function of free press in a society. Now, this, again, was a Muslim country. This, again, was a society that is opposed to pornography. It's opposed to homosexuality, etc. It's opposed to adultery. Then, of course, with the troops came a lot of U.S. media. And, of course, this was being encouraged by the diplomats. Bring in our media. Bring in our television. Western ways will be seen by your people. Well, when, when many of this, much of this material was viewed by the people in this country, they were highly offended. Because Hollywood, as we well know, promotes immorality. Hollywood can't seem to do a movie that just simply tells a beautiful story. No, it's got to have adultery. It's got to have rape. It's got to have, you know, LGBTQ issues promoted. It's got to have nudity. It's got to have vile language, etc. So this became an issue. Well, as the diplomats continued working in this Muslim country, they began to urge abortion. They began to, to urge L, the priority, that, that's an exact quote, the word priority, uh, of LGBTQ issues. Uh, in other words, had you been a moral slash Christian America, American, let's say uh, in that country, let's say that you were a citizen of that country and not American, but let's just say you were a, a Christian just standing there, a typical American garden variety Christian, you would have had the United States urging on you what you consider to be immoral, porn, abortion, an LGBTQ agenda, uh, on and on and on. Now, this, this I heard firsthand from the diplomats and officials in that country, in that Muslim country, that while they loved America, while they realized there's a, there's a higher and better America than the one they were dealing with, what they were dealing with was a force that was attempting to bring immorality into their country. And that force was called the United States of America. And we don't have any reason to doubt this. You know, Hillary Clinton once gave testimony and said, it's a priority of the United States government, the United States Foreign Service, uh, to emphasize LGBTQ issues. What the heck? I mean, I certainly understand our struggles in our country about LGBTQ issues, but when did it become a priority of our foreign policy to bring about LGBTQ rights in countries that are philosophically, religiously opposed to it? When did that become a priority? When did that become our job? I mean, I don't want to see people abused, but, but we, what we need to understand is that what we're often trying to do diplomatically and with our, our foreign work and even with our troops in foreign countries, what we're often trying to do that's noble is compromised by the fact that the United States and particularly the United States government is often a force that is perceived as immoral. So here I'm sitting with Muslim uh, diplomatic friends, Muslim officials in a country, and I'm saying, you know, what didn't go right? They said, well, you can't believe how we were pushed to embrace pornography. We were pushed to embrace abortion. We were pushed to modify our marriage laws to loosen up and accommodate uh, uh, 
divorce more. Uh, we were pushed constantly about LGBTQ issues, and we hardly have anybody who identifies that way that they knew of in the country. I'm sure they did, but I mean, the point is that it wasn't a major issue. It was almost as though rather than talking about private property or the rule of law or all those great American values, trendy, current uh, issues of sexuality were the most important things on the mind of the American diplomat. And this has compromised us in country after country after country. I can tell you that it's compromised us in working with the Kurds. It's compromised us in Saudi Arabia. It's compromised us in Afghanistan. You can be sure it's compromised us in Pakistan. And it doesn't matter about the individual nations because it's compromised us everywhere a people have a moral grid. And they perceive that American media, American diplomats, American youth over there with military and, you know, uh, State Department facilities are urging things that are immoral. One of the first things that arrives uh, with with large amount of troops are, you know, nightclub kind of situation and bars. Fine if that's on post. Fine if that's within the compound. But many times these things spill out and involve locals. And the people in that country are aware that essentially America is encouraging what they consider to be immorality and, quite frankly, what a lot of Americans would consider to be immorality as well. So my point in this podcast is to say, be aware that there is, an, in essence, a, a dual America. There's the noble America. There's the good America. There's the generous America. There's the America of values. The, uh, there's the America of Ellis Island. There's the America of, of all of our, our, our great principles, the principles that have made us great, a strong defense and private property and fair play economically. I mean, all, some, of this, some of these are ideals and not things that have actually been fully realized. But you understand what I'm saying. These are the American pillars. That's what we want to promote internationally. That's what we want to encourage women's rights. We want to encourage uh, you know, voting and, and fair elections, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We want to encourage those things. And that's what a lot of Americans think of when our troops land overseas and the flag waves and our diplomats are going at it. We're trying to change a country. But here's the conclusion. We failed in Afghanistan. And part of the reason we failed is that we were perceived as the great Satan. Oh, no, not in the sense of being an antichrist. Not just, by the way, because we were allied with Israel, but because we kept urging immorality because we kept pushing these things. I can tell you, by the way, uh, that there are places in the world, many embassies in the world, where the Black Lives Matter flag has flown. Now, I could not be more in favor of the principle Black Lives Matter. I've said that repeatedly. But the organization is one that's questionable. I won't support it. You should do some research. Um, the, the leaders are coming under all kinds of investigation and suspicion because of how they've used money for private purposes. Some of them are very strange. One of the founders of Black Lives Matter, the organization now, not the sentiment, um, insists on appearing nude and considers herself a goddess. And, uh, you know, it's, all this is available online. So should the Black Lives Matter flag be flying above a U.S. embassy? Not if it's going to identify with the organization. Now, Black Lives Matter as a sentiment, as an agenda, as as a priority? Absolutely. I'm 100% with it. Live my life that way, but not the organization. And by the way, I'm not sure we should be flying any flag over an American embassy except the American flag. I'm not just opposed to the BLM flag um, uh, or, or the rainbow flag. I'm opposed to any flag, any flag being flown over an American embassy except the U.S. flag. Why should that happen? Why, why we rub people's faces uh, in our uh, domestic priorities? 
which, by the way, a lot of Americans consider to be questionable. So be aware that often what's going on when you watch the news and you see resistance to us in some part of the world, particularly in the Muslim world, that they are, in fact, in some cases, taking a stand on morality against us. Can you imagine how offensive that rainbow flag was over the American embassy in Kabul? Can you imagine how that hardened uh, hearts, not just of the Taliban, by the way, but of just uh, garden variety on the street Muslims? Can you imagine how we were perceived? Is that a priority of our American foreign policy? Is that the frontline thing right under the American flag, the rainbow flag, as though LGBTQ issues are the most important thing when boots are on the ground from the U.S. into a foreign country? I think you see what we're dealing with here. And, you, and, and by the way, nothing, what I've said in this podcast it has nothing to do with what you might believe about LGBTQ issues. It has to do with foreign policy. It has to do with the priority of our foreign policy. And it has to do with how we're willingly uh, putting our fist in the face of people whose hearts and minds we're trying to win over issues that we know they're going to find offensive. What are we doing trying to change Afghan minds? about LGBTQ issues. That is not what we were there to do, and it's in part why we failed. So let's be smart. Let's start to revise those. Those of you listening to this who are part of our foreign policy apparatus, let's try to make a turn. We failed in part because we were perceived as an immoral seducer in Afghanistan, and we were opposed by people who believe they are more righteous than we are. Ponder that, and let's make the changes we need to make. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times best-selling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and Lincoln's Battle with God. Learn more at stephenmansfield.tv.